What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 33 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great day today. Um, I feel like I haven't talked about football uh, in a little bit. Of course, I took my little break, but um, there have been plenty of off-season news um, that, um, I mean, of course, I'm going to talk about my Chargers, but there have been plenty of uh, off-season moves that involve um, multiple teams, plenty of um, other things uh, outside of, excuse me, of free agency that have happened um, that I, I wanted to dive into today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, without further ado, let's get into it. Like I said before, I hope you all are having a great day, um, and I'm, I'm excited for you guys to uh, be listening and here with me today. Um, first and foremost, let's dive into some Chargers news. Um, before I get into some free agency news, I want to uh, talk about the players that um, we unfortunately had to let go. Um, I think the biggest, uh, the, 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 one that, the one that wasn't necessarily a surprise was, of course, Trey Turner. Of course, uh, we were trying to shop him for a little while and um, testing the market, but a lot of uh, teams aren't going to be willing to risk um, the financial, I mean, not risk, but they wouldn't really want to take on the financial re uh, requirements with Trey Turner, who was injury prone this past year um, and is due $11.75 million this year. Uh, so we ended up cutting him to save that. And um, the move that probably, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, before we, actually we'll talk about this one, the move that, uh, another move that was uh, for um, the pure um, purpose of creating a cap space um, within the organization. Um, the one that hurt the most was, of course, Casey Hayward. Um, you know, of course, the Chargers signed Casey Hayward back in free agency in 2016. Um, you know, pair of all pro teams, uh, multiple trips to the Pro Bowl, um, a Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination, um, a, a team captain, um, you know, just somebody that, uh, you know, you just want in your locker room, regardless of anything else. You want a guy like Casey Hayward, who's going to lead those young guys, who's going to come in and put in the work every day, who's going to do the right thing on and off the field. Um, so this one was definitely a tough one, uh, especially, um, you know, just for the pure fact that this man, Casey, has been, uh, you know, our leader, you know, starting 75 of the 78 games that he's been with us, um, you know, just probably one of the best free agent pickups I've ever seen the Chargers make, um, you know, now coming out of it and uh, being able to, uh, you know, completely know his uh, history with the Chargers and how it all played out. Um, so, yeah, this one was tough, but of course, um, you know, with the uh, salary cap, uh, going from $198 million this past season um, to 184 this season. Uh, just some cuts like that had to be made, and there was plenty of cuts around the league that were just like this that were, you know, maybe questionable in the moment or, you know, when it was reported, but then when you have to kind of consider the fact that there is $14 million less that we're playing with this year, um, there is um, a lot of other things that you have to kind of consider um, when you are running an NFL franchise. So it's unfortunate, but I, I have no doubt that Casey Hayward uh, will find a new team. I have no doubt that he will be able to uh, get paid somewhere else. 
Um, I mean, great player, great individual, great teammate. I, it's just I can't speak more highly of Tacey Hayward and um, how unfortunate that situation had to be. Um, but some, some other players that just signed elsewhere, um, of course, the big, the big name was Hunter Henry. I truly believe that uh, we are creating room to sign Hunter Henry. Uh, but uh, he ended up taking a three-year, $37.5 million deal uh, with the Patriots um, that added to the completely dominant uh, free agency that the that Patriots had uh, due to the amount of money they were able to spend. Um, and then, of course, Rashawn Jenkins signed a four-year deal uh, with the Jadwires. So that was another player um, that left um, due to free agency. Um, but the Chargers, uh, the main focus, um, for those of you who were not paying attention or just didn't hear about it, uh, was definitely the offensive line. I mean, we were able to snag Corey Lindsey, uh, one, of, one of the best centers in football, uh, the highest-graded center last year for Aaron Rodgers on a five-year $62.5 million deal. Of course, that makes him the highest-paid center in the league. Um, you know, he said he's excited, he's ready to get to work, but he wants to first and foremost prove to all of the Charger fans that he is worth every penny. So I'm very excited for, um, you know, just Justin Herbert to finally have that that solid guy at center, um, you know, just just uh, creating this wall for him. Um, of course, uh, that was followed with um, offensive lineman Matt Feeler from the Pittsburgh Steelers reaching on a three-year $21 million deal with the Chargers. Um, and then that was then followed uh, with O'Day Abushi, who came over from the Lions, who also agreed to terms with the Chargers. So, um, you know, the other pickup that we had outside, or the other, like, bid pickup, I guess, we had outside of offensive line was uh, Jared Cook. Of course, uh, Jared Cook has been a tight end for the Raiders. He was a tight end for uh, most previously um, the Saints. He was also on the Packers. He had that spectacular catch on the sideline against the Cowboys when he played with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, some some decent names, uh, especially, um, you know, if we want to come to terms with the fact that Justin Herbert is our guy. You know, he's going to be our guy for the near future. Um, and the best thing we can do, uh, first and foremost, is to protect him. Um, so I, I really, really liked these moves. You know, it isn't the most uh, flashy, but at the end of the day, that's what you're going to have to do to win some games. I feel like I have never really experienced an offseason where the Chargers have truly committed to fixing our O-line. So seeing that this offseason has been pretty refreshing and uh, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of like a moment where it's like, oh shit, like they really get it. You know what I mean? They're really hearing um, and seeing the stats of, you know, I don't really want Justin Herbert to end up like Joe Burrow and he wasn't far from it last year, being pressured 71 times compared um, by uh, Lamp and oh, who's the other guy that left? There was there was the the two guys that recently signed contracts elsewhere, Forest Lamp and somebody else. Not Forest Lamp. Um, fuck, I'm blanking right now. Um, I should have wrote those two names down. But they had 71 pressures compared to the two guys that we've just brought in who had a combined 20. So I'm very excited uh, for those pickups. Of course, the other big re-signing that we had was Michael Davis. Uh, who signed a three-year deal. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the the Chargers, you know, 
I believe that they had a off season that was much needed. You know, it wasn't extremely flashy. It wasn't, um, you know, picking up some crazy free agents. But it was the free. It was the free agents that we needed. It was the free agents that if we did not get that position taken care of, if we did not address, um, you know, that offensive line. Um, just as a whole, I feel like the the whole entire free agency would have kind of been a bust. And, um, you know, a lot of other people would have been complaining, the same people that are complaining that we, you know, did make the signings we did. So I truly like the signings. I believe that getting Corey Lindsley from the Packers was a humongous deal, was a humongous just mm, – that was just a great pickup. Um, and then just adding those extra guys as well. I'm sure that in the draft it'll be, you know, it, it, the offensive line will still be addressed a lot as long, along with the, uh, you know, the the linebacker position. Probably picked up a corner with Casey Hayward and Rashawn Jenkins both leaving. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this uh, this this team. This year, I really, uh, really think that these additions, plus the nine fucking pits that we have, I mean, we're going to make some moves this year, and people are going to be turning their heads. Uh, so be on the lookout. But like I said, the team that probably stole free agency was the Patriots. I mean, John U. Smith, four years, $50 million. Matthew Juden, four years, $56 million. Nelson Aguilar, two years, $26 million. Kendrick Bourne, three years, $22.5 million. Resigned Cam Newton to a one-year, $13.6 million deal. Uh, Jalen Mills came over from the Eagles, four years, $24 million. Trent Brown was acquired via trade. Uh, Davin Goddich was uh, was signed to a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal. I mean, and of course, like I just like I already mentioned, Hunter Henry. So the you know the two best tight ends that were entered free agency are now both Patriots. Um, I believe that um, you know it wasn't necessarily a you know, oh shit, like Bill Belichick is, is gearing up. I mean, they just didn't have the means to do it last year. Um, and this year they had the second most cap space in the NFL, ready to go, ready to spend. And spend they did. And, you know, much to their credit, they were able to draw a lot of free agents, I believe, you know, coming out of uh, this year and kind of um, – seen uh the the tom brady success a lot of people were talking about how tom brady and florida you know tampa being a, a larger appeal than the patriots and just playing for bill belichick i mean of course they finished uh six and ten or seven and nine i can't remember um you know so a lot of people believe that uh it'd be hard regardless of um all the money the patriots had um, to get free agents, to get big names after what happened this season and how Tom Brady instantly had success and the Patriots um, really didn't do much this season. Um, so for for the Patriots to have that much of an impact in free agency, um, you know, kind of shows that all of that was bullshit, kind of shows that Bill Belichick is still enough to draw um, free agents. Uh, Robert Kraft and company is still able to, to uh, sit down and uh, really sell uh, New England and the Patriot way um, in a good way. You know, it's not, you know, unfortunately, 
you know, and not really even, unfortunately, the Patriots just had an offseason this last year where they had, but you know what I mean? If you talk about the previous 20, they were on and just, you know, they don't, they lost Tom Brady. They didn't have a lot of weapons, if any, this year. A lot of people were dealing with injury. They had two of their best defensive players, um, you know, not play because of COVID. You know, it was just an off year for the Patriots. It wasn't necessarily anything else than that. So, uh, for them to make a huge splash in free agency the way they did, I believe that it spoke, like I said, to the draw that Bill Belichick still creates in the league, spoke to the respect, first and foremost, that he also has, um, that players just believe that if I go play for Bill Belichick, if I go um, play for the New England Patriots organization and follow the Patriots way, I can win. I, I have a good chance of winning a Super Bowl ring. I have a good chance um, to be a better player and to learn from one of the best. And I believe that that's exactly their biggest selling point and how they were able to, you know, get a lot of these guys. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, this season uh, with all these free agents, if they're able to put them in the right situations to win um early to win right away or will it take you know a season to kind of mesh well together um but yeah i mean regardless of how long it takes i mean they just have plenty of weapons now um you know regardless of experience even together they have you know seven eight new guys that were you know the top uh, top of their um position charts uh elsewhere and i believe that that's gonna just result in instant success uh regardless of you know, if they haven't had experience together, if they haven't played together yet. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think this free agency has definitely made me excited for football, definitely made me excited for the draft. Um, you know, right at the moment, I'll, I, I'll let you know, I am enjoying every second of Padres baseball um, and having baseball back, enjoying um, the last little stretch of basketball season. But let me tell you, when that draft is on, when that when when that uh, you know training camps, OTA start rolling around, um, I will be that tuned in. Don't do not get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. But um, outside of free agency, um, a you know a huge announcement. Of course, I already talked about Phil Rivers and the impacts. Uh, and the legacy that he's leaving behind as he retires. But, um, you know, the man who, I mean, I don't really want to say he took his job, but he kind of was just put in the position to do so. Drew Brees, um, via his children on his Instagram, announced that he will be retiring from the NFL. Um, I mean, the resume, do I even have to, you know what I mean, explain how he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Super Bowl champion, two-time offensive player of the year. 13-time Pro Bowler, seven-time passing yards leader, um, the only player with five 5,000-yard seasons. He's the all-time leader in passing yards and in completions. Um, you know, second all-time, of course, in passing touchdowns to Tom Brady. They were going back and forth this year. It was pretty cool. Um, four of um, the top five single-seasons uh, best in, I mean, four of the top five uh, single season completing percentages, um, you know, on top. So he's uh, one through five in that. Uh, the uh, NFL record seven seasons leading the NFL in passing yards. The 2006 Walter Payne Man of the Year, um, you know, just a remarkable career. Um, two great quarterbacks in Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. Uh, I mean, could possibly see their names in can after. 
Um, 2020 sits. I believe Drew Brees will probably get that first, that first ballot, that second ballot. If not the first, I don't know how he would not get a first ballot Hall of Fame. Um, then Phil Rivers. I mean, it kind of matters on the class, I think, but um, I, I think Phil Rivers will probably get like you know that second, third ballot Hall of Fame. But you know, two great quarterbacks uh, exiting the game after plenty of years of impacts, plenty of years of you know just um, you know giving the game all they can, you know, giving everything they can into this game, giving. Um, just countless memories, countless, uh, you know, nights and if watching football and just enjoying the game and, you know, playing the sport to such a high standard and always holding themselves accountable first and foremost. Um, you know, of course, Phil Rivers had, uh, a coaching spot lined up for him, ready to go after he retired. Um, but now it looks like Drew Brees will be going the opposite way, and he'll be headed to the booth as um, Sunday Night Football and NBC welcomed uh, Drew Brees uh, to the NBC Sports Studio. Um, and that, of course, resulted in the Saints restructuring Taysom Hill's contract to a four-year $140 million extension. Yes, $140 million extension. All years, however, are voidable, and it's a way to free up $7.5 million against the cap. Um, these uh, contract numbers uh, that will happen this year include a $9.686 million signing bonus, uh, $1.4 million guaranteed uh, for a roster bonus, and then $1.034 million just guaranteed as a base salary. Um, and this also includes incentives. Uh, so, yeah, Saints showing all in on Taysom Hill's contract. I'm assuming he would be the starter day one. Uh, they did sign, they did re-sign Jameis Winston. So, um, like I said, all years are voidable. And if Taysom Hill does not play up to the level that he um, can or uh, that the Saints want him to, they do have Jameis Winston in their back pocket who's been learning that system for a year now. Um, I know the Saints went 5-1 and one or 5-0, and 6-1, oh, and one, whatever. It was a really good record. I think they only lost one game, if none, without with, with Drew Brees hurt this past season. In all, all games, Taysom Hill uh, did start. And I think the only reason or the only criticism that a lot of people um, had for this Saints was, I mean, their style of play. They, they were winning games, but it wasn't in the most, uh, you know, fashionable statement it wasn't you know what i mean it wasn't in the most fashionable way uh you know it was really grinding these games out alvin kamara was basically non-existent uh while Taysom hill was the quarterback um and then i mean he had he should have had seven touchdowns on on christmas day um when drew Brees finally came back so uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to, you know, kind of switch that up a little bit. See if, um, you know, I'm sure uh, they're already looking at ways how they can get Alvin Kamara more involved uh, when uh, Taysom Hill is the quarterback. Because, you know what I mean, why are you paying all that money um, to Alvin Kamara if he is not going to be touching the ball a lot during the game or... Uh, you know, just simply not having the impacts on the game that he would be if there was another quarterback uh, in in that position. So um, I'm sure that'll be uh, one of the, you know, first and foremost, one of the biggest things that they address. Uh, but yeah, very um, interesting moves made by the Saints. And like I said, very excited. Um, but a big quarterback trade happened that happened yesterday. The Sam Darnolds, 
from the New York Jets is going to be traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 sixth round pick and a 2022 second and fourth round pick. Uh, so Sam Darnold finally finds his way out of New York. Um, I saw that they threw him like a party on his on TikTok. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he sees instant success, if it was really just the Jets organization um, and that played to his downfall and uh, the reasons as to why he couldn't really do much. Um, or was it just him and his quarterback play? Uh, so that'll be that'll definitely be very interesting to uh, see this season. I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for Sam Darnold. I feel like you know he deserves the chance, um, and this is the best opportunity he's going to get. You know, there's not going to be many opportunities after this call-in if he cannot get it done in Carolina. And uh, for the price that they paid, you know, I you know you might say, oh, there was no first-round picks involved. They still let three of their potential draft. You know what I mean? Potential guys that could come in the organization to make an impact. They let three of those go and they decided to take a risk on this man so um i'm sure we will see in, in the coming days coming weeks um you know how what they decide to do with teddy bridgewater and his contract if they're gonna let him go if they're gonna try to trade him away uh there's no way they're gonna keep both of those guys on their um on their roster if teddy bridgewater doesn't restructure his contracts um i cannot believe this even happened you know if you want me to be honest like a lot of people were talking about the Carolina Panthers being in the running for Deshaun Watson um and trying to get him and I, I just felt like they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a huge contract this past offseason but I guess he wasn't healthy you know for most of most of the season if not you know a few games so maybe that's why maybe that's what's playing into it they didn't really get the return that they wanted um and they're trying to just move on instantly so um you know we'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater and um, the Carolina Panthers, but uh, Sam Darnold, new guy in Charlotte. Um, but, I know Charlotte, in Carolina. But uh, in some Lakers news, they actually announced today that they will be unveiling their 2019-2020 championship banner in front of fans at Staples Center on May 12th. Of course, uh, this comes after Jeannie Buss and the Lakers organization um, announced that their first game that they will be allowing fans in the Staples Center uh, will be April eighteenth against the Clippers, I believe, or April fifteenth against. I'm uh, not the Clippers, the 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 Celtics. I don't. I think the Clippers are on April fifteenth. Um, but yeah, they will. Uh, you know, this comes as California is looking pretty good at the moment. I know, walk on, knock on wood, but um, the state is uh, looking good in terms of vaccinations. About twenty million out of the forty million people have gotten vaccinated. Uh, the state's moving into that orange tier slowly but surely, getting better. Um, Governor Newsom came out and said that he. Um, sees the state fully reopening by June 15th. So, um, yeah, just great news that is coming out. Um, but, yeah, the Lakers will be unveiling their championship banner, their last home game of the season, May 12th. Um, that should be a good one. Um, just in time for playoffs, just in time for AD and Braun to kind of get their rhythm back with Andre Drummond. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, some Padres news, of course, they dropped yesterday's game against the Giants 3-2. to uh, this is a game that actually saw the new um, extra inning rule come into play. Uh, if you do not know about this, in extra innings now in the MLB, uh, the team is allowed to have a base runner start on second base at the beginning of every half inning, you know, like the bottom and top of an inning. 
so that's how the Giants were able to get three, uh, or that's how they were able to get their lone run in the tenth. Um, and it was pretty fucking stupid. If you want me to, if you want me to be honest, um, you know they had a flyout, um, two flyouts really that uh, allowed this base runner to score, and then. Um, you know, Kim was able to uh, put Profar on third in the bottom of the 10th, uh, but uh, Jorge Mateo really was just trying to be the hero, and he was he, he struck out, um, and then, um, what's it called, we had one of our guys we just called up, he had his first major league hit a couple weeks ago, I can't remember his name right now, but he swung at the first pitch, and it was just an instant fly out into left center. So, yeah, the Padres were not able to get it done. Of course, today is an off day, and uh, tomorrow they will be uh, starting their season series against the uh, Rangers, and that will be followed by the Pirates. Um, but the uh, good news for Padres fans, of course, is that uh, Trent Grisham will be returning to action tomorrow. Um, that's good news for my fantasy team as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to uh, watch this Padres team uh, tomorrow. I, I believe that um, – you know, the addition of Trent Grisham and, you know, kind of having some guys um, just get a break. You know, I know I know there were seven straight games um, in this homestand, but, you know, having this day off, kind of recouping, uh, you know, there have just been the bats have just been stale, you know. And when the and then leaving 13 people on base Monday night, leaving a lot of people on base yesterday, like, you know, I, I just feel like a nice little break. Uh, will definitely be key to uh, helping this team out um, in terms of you know just what to uh, what to expect moving forward um, as we get into uh, you know the next uh, however long of a stretch. But Blake Snell pitched pretty well last night um, or yesterday. I uh, you know he he got it, he he even came out and said he needs to pitch a little bit further um, into the game, but uh, still getting the groove. You know, there's it's such a long season. Um, but I'm just excited Padres baseball is back. Um, I've just never seen so many freaking flyouts into the warning track, as many as the Padres had in the first two series. Um, I don't know if it's the new baseballs. I don't know if it's uh, just the marine layer, or if it's just pure bad luck. But I hope a new stadium, a new environment um, will just, uh, you know, kind of provide something new for the Padres. I, I know they'll be playing uh, the Texas Rangers, so they'll be um, in a full-capacity stadium. That'll be definitely a first for all those players in a very long time. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see, you know, what this net series brings. Um, of course, though, uh, you know, Hopefully, Fernando Tatis is able to uh, recover fast. Uh, you know, surgery is not required, at least at the moment. Um, he, he was then placed on the um, the 10-day IL. So we'll see if he's able to to uh, return to action, um, you know, within the next week or so, or if, uh, you know, he's going to have to sit out a little bit longer. Um, but at least it wasn't as serious as, um, you know, they've made it out to be or they could it could have potentially been. Um, but you know, like every other injury, um, if it's lingering, if it's still there, you never really know what, uh, what can really happen, uh, when it comes down to it. So, um, in my opinion, if it, if it's going to be there, you might, I mean, might as well just address it now, address it, um, while we can still get ahead of it and not necessarily let it get worse. Um, but you know, you know, you got to trust the doctors, trust the training staff and, uh, believe that they have the team's right intentions um, at the end of the day. So um, that's all I got for today. 
Uh, I hope you guys all uh, enjoyed this one. You know, I'm really excited that uh, baseball is getting back into the full swing of things. And like I said, basketball is just ending. Uh, so we're going to finally get into playoff times as well. So uh, got a lot in store for you in this podcast uh, in the near future. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much.